Welcome, everyone, to Big Rip Energy. I am one of your hosts, Kyle O'Connor. I'm Jordan Hall. He's the other host. I'm the other host. It, this is similar to Rip Energy. It's just a little bit just bigger. Just a little bit bigger. Just a couple guys that like to rip. We talk. We're going to talk to shop owners, athletes. Uh, but what's a couple highlights that have stuck out to you so far? Uh, so we we went down to, to Indy to talk with Andy Albert, who you'll hear later on in this episode. Uh, we spoke with Chris Kelsey at Nash Cards, the godfather of card submissions in the Midwest. Um, we, we learned a lot from him. Uh, basically, the, the hobby of sports cards is fun. And we wanted to make a show that highlights people and aspects of it that is fun. Like, let's let's all enjoy kind of our, our time together doing this. Yeah, this won't be too much like on the sabermetrics or math- mathematician side. This Definitely is not mathematicians. Like fun, funny, and lighthearted, and just a couple of dudes that like to rip, like to collect, and let's talk about it. And we're also going to mix in some NF- really just sport NFTs, but all NFTs. We're going to talk some NFTs and... Uh, kind of our other love, sports betting. Sports, sports gambling. gambling, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't think that you could put mics in front of us, push yeah. play, and us yeah. not end up talking about like, gambling in some capacity. If we're going to lose money, you're going to hear about it. You know what I'm saying? And we will. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, as Jordan said, this week you're going to hear from Andy Albert, who is the man. Andy is one of my favorite people. Um, it's tough to meet anyone in the hobby in this country that doesn't know Andy. Uh, he's been around for a while. Great shop down at Indy Sports Card Exchange. And we went on a Monday when he was closed, and that was a great time. Yeah, he he was awesome. He was so gracious with his time. First real card that I ever bought, I bought from Andy. It was a shiny Robin Van Persie card. Learned later. I mean, there was a reason it was priced a dollar, but <laughs> my knowledge has increased since then. And uh, your first pretty decent hit came out of there. That That's auto, right. Bakaya uh, Saka from, Saka. Uh, from the, the Mosaic Prism. Euro set. Oh, yeah, that was that was a banger. And as we get into this, you know, obviously we're going to focus on uh, basketball, football, baseball. But Jordan is the soccer guy. You'll 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 whether you want it or not, your guys are about to have some soccer card talk in your ears. Mbappe, Mbappe <laughs> in Holland. Yeah, it's a good place to start. If you know <laughs> nothing else, that's all you need to know. You want to kick it to Andy? Want to get right to the interview here? Let's do it. And we'll be back afterwards to do some segments. But here's Andy Albert, Indy Sports Card Exchange. Enjoy. Here with Andy Albert, Indy Card Exchange. Andy is the godfather of the Midwest <laughs> when it comes to sports cards. We have, so this is the first episode everybody's hearing. Um, we do have a few episodes in the can, and we've been doing some research on who to talk to. Everybody knows Andy. I mean, how, how is that possible? I, I don't know. I mean, I guess being the godfather, I guess I must be threatening or intimidating yeah. or something like that. I think no, I'm. The social media has to come into it because you does. do social media very well. Thank you. I feel like we don't do it enough. You know, you compete with yeah. those guys like Card Collector Two and RBI Crew that have the social media uh, cornered. But I mean, we love doing it. Um, we love having an impact on the local customers. That's to me the most important thing. But yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of like. Being kind and friendly to everybody, creating relationships. And if those relationships span out, hopefully it continues to trend that direction. And I think that's your secret sauce and what you do so well is just how incredibly kind you are and open to everybody. Um, I think the lifeblood of hobby shops is how open, how how welcome do you feel when you go? Mm -hmm, Because there's a lot of new collectors that Mm -hmm. may not know what to buy. Right. Um, I want to tell a story quickly about how I came to know you. I was at a South Bend Cubs game in, (laughs) I want to say, April or May. And I was talking cards as usual with uh, my church group. And my pastor was like, hey, you know, Bruce goes to our church. His, his son has a card shop in Indy. I'm <laughs> like, oh, I'll, I'll check into it. And I had kind of forgot about it. And then the next day, 
um, Ryan texts me and he's like, hey, Bruce wanted me to ask you to follow his son's Instagram. <laughs> I was like, all right. So I followed and I was like, man, this place is real cool. <laughs> Made a trip to come down here. Uh, got a couple hobbies and a few singles. You were running like some, maybe a uh, Memorial Day sale or something. Probably. Singles were, yeah. were marked down. Yep. Um, ended up pulling the Herbert, which then started this whole Man, whole thing. With that's you. another story in itself, isn't that's, it? That's uh, if you haven't yet, maybe a good time to. Uh, no way, that's move. a long term hold. Really? Card. Oh yeah, that's a long term hold. Pumping right now. I know, yeah. I know. He he, I wasn't as sold on. You Herbert. should tell him the card though. People need to hear about so the card that you pulled. So it is a Panini Contenders, the real Panini Contenders, cracked ice, and not only is it to twenty two, it's ten of twenty two. Number ten of twenty two. Yeah. It is. A banger of a Herbert. Probably one of the best Herbert cards in the world. It, it, it's probably one of the top five best Herbert cards. Yeah. You know, like, and if Herbert becomes a, a megastar, that's it a card is. that everybody's going to be it's drooling huge. over. Yeah. It's, um, and he, uh, he, uh, He's looking like he's going to be a he's, megastar. He's stud. That dude has it. He does. He's very good. I mean, when you go to beat Kansas City, when you're expecting to not beat Kansas City yeah. at all, and Patrick Mahomes is still the king of the West, I, I'm impressed so far. Do I'm, you think, uh, are you still higher on Herbert than Burrow? Yes. High on both, but higher on I'm high on both. It's funny because I was ready to go into buying Joe Burrow heavily. Yeah. And just by happenstance, Herbert kind of trumped over Burrow when it Mm. comes to what cards were pulled out of our shop. Oh, yeah. You pulled the monster with the cracked ice. Another good friend of mine customer pulled the Contenders Optic Cracked Ice Auto. (laughs) He also pulled the Contenders Mosaic 1 of 1. Yeah. Justin Herbert. All three of those I currently own. I'm like, what's going on right now? (laughs) So you bought all three? I did. I mean, because I'm a big Herbert collector, or a big Herbert investor as well. And uh, I I just, I can't believe that I own all three of those mega cards right now. And it's looking pretty good for you right now. So far, so good. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to put the uh, Contenders Optic Cracked Ice for sale. Um, It's actually as we speak running on premier auction for pwcc okay. okay the jersey number i'm hanging on to for the long haul i just what think about that's, the one of one it's going to go up for sale too yeah. it's a weird card because it's not stamped one of one so it not people don't recognize it as mm-hmm. a true one of one but panini confirmed that it is that's a like true clear mirror looking it one? is yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah it got graded a psa 8 with a 10 auto so we'll see we'll see yeah. how it goes speaking of one of one is yeah. that not the coolest font in the world like the cursive, the, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, Upper Deck set that trend back in uh, two thousand two, three, sometimes like that, with the cursive one of one that everybody was like, "Oh my gosh, this is the coolest thing ever!" Uh, Ultimate collection and exquisite collection that first came out when I was a heavy buyer of the products um, for a lot cheaper <laughs> when they were affordable. I mean, I remember we were panicking in two thousand three. I'm like, "There's a box called Exquisite, and it costs six hundred dollars a box." One just sold for almost $100,000 now. It's like, are you kidding me? But yeah, that's the one of one script is like you get chills when you see it and you pull it for sure. What's the best one of one you've seen pulled in here? Ever? Oh, man, that's a good question. Put me on the spot. Or one that stands out. I mean, there's just been some monsters. Like, uh, I remember, I mean, recently, Chris, a customer of mine, pulled the LaMelo Ball Select one of one auto. Um, black, like in that, that sold, he sold that right away for like $25,000, $28,000. I mean, if he would have redeemed it and gotten it back, he probably could have made more money, but it's one of those, you know, buy and sell and flip moving, and kind of, yeah. yeah, keep the money flowing. But yeah, that's the most recent big one of one that we've seen, but we have seen some big ones in the past for sure. So tell us a little bit about the origin story of the, of the card shop. What okay. were the, the roots at what point did you kind of open up this giant palace of wax? <laughs> like, t- tell us, tell us the background. Well, 
as far as the business aspect of it, I had really gotten into the buying selling as as soon as I moved to Indianapolis after graduating from college. Um, I wanted to open cards. I, I loved putting sets together. You know, it was strictly basketball. I was buying a ton of unopened wax from, you know, 2001, two, three, four, you know, which was when the market started finally trending back in the right direction. So LeBron entered the scene. Kobe's were hot. Jordan's were still hot. You know, I was in my heyday, right? And then uh, 2009 was a huge year for me because I bought a ton of Topps basketball, which was Steph Curry's rookie year. Mm. Um, chasing Tyreek Evans. <laughs> <laughs> Happy accident. <laughs> and Ricky Rubio, yeah. And now just sitting on all these Steph Currys. So that really helped out a lot. But, uh, you know, and then 2012 came along. Uh, 2011, I should say, I had been talking to the current owner of the shop. And he started the shop in 92. He was about to retire. And, you know, we had a good relationship. And I just asked him what he, his plans were. And he just really didn't have any plans. I said, well, if there's any interest, then you want to maybe move the shop. That's been my dream, to own a card shop. So we started conversations. And within six months of those beginning conversations, I bought the card shop and have been owner of Indy Card Exchange since May of 2012. So you were a heavy collector before. Oh, gosh, yeah. Card yeah. Shop. yeah. I mean, in 1988, my 10-year-old self was hooked you know i was hooked on cards and i just loved it and never stopped i always went to shows like you know you guys are south benders I, you yeah. know the old blueberry festival in plymouth yeah. indiana they had a show and i remember setting up as like a 15 year old kid at the blueberry festival just peddling cards as much as possible so i'll never forget all that fun stuff is it tough making the transition from collector to shop owner because i know on the economic side of shop owner yeah the wax has got to stay wax mm -hmm. you can't just rip everything was oh that, was that tough oh my gosh yes i mean like in all honesty i was ripping way too much early on yeah. the only thing that was my saving grace is i still had another full-time job i was working in medical diagnostics lab diagnostics and oh gosh i opened way too much and people were saying like andy you're never going to succeed if you yeah. keep ripping all this <laughs> stuff and they were right you know within the first couple of years i started learning my lesson like you can't open all this and but it was just one of those things you had to make that transition from collector to shop owner. You know, it's taken me 10 years to finally realize I need to not open all of it. But I still have fun once in a while. Like that's the aspect of like you talked about like the relationships and making it a fun atmosphere. I want to have fun because if I'm not having fun. I can't I can't move that feeling and that emotion over to the customer and everything, too, when it comes to enjoying this hobby, because that's what it should be all about. The money gets really heavy in people. And when the money takes over the fun aspect, it, it probably becomes more of a, a burden than it does a, a blessing kind of thing. Plus, the, the nice thing about being in the shop all the time is you get to see everyone else open their wax. I feel oh, like yeah. it, cards are kind of the one thing, like, if somebody in the room is opening, like, it's an event for everybody. Everybody. Yeah, I don't know if you guys ever saw that video when that John Morant RPA got pulled, but there was, like, a crowd of, like, 12 people around the guy opening. And he pulls the John Morant and starts jumping around like a little kid, like Christmas morning, and starts hugging the the my, one of my employees, Matt. Card's Matt, hot in his hand, right? He set it back okay, down. Okay, he did. That's a good. Yeah, he set it back down, and just starts hugging Matt and like basically like accosting him, like like. <laughs> How did this happen? But just that kind of emotion and that kind of fun, like you said, everybody kind of the crowd just you know, magnetizes over to the person who's opening. One thing that's also unique with you that I wanted to ask is. Indy Card Exchange, it, I kind of liken it to going to Carlos Bakery, and everyone wants to see the cake boss when they go to Carlos. Part of the experience, I know, for myself, for Jordan, and a lot of people that come in, is they also want to see Andy when they come in. Does that put on like any 
extra pressure for you to be here more often than you'd like to be? Um, I try not to think of it as pressure, but I, I do feel bad when I'm not here. I do the best I can to be present in the shop. And, and that's something that differentiates, I think, us from a lot of other mm-hmm. shops is my goal is to make sure that we have that face-to-face interaction with everybody that's here. Um, and yeah, you're right. I mean, it's weird being the guy that everybody wants to see and talk to because I don't feel that way, but I get it. If I'm a a patron somewhere and I want to go into a customer or into a shop that you expect to see that right person that makes you feel warm and fuzzy, right? I want to be that guy here in the shop. I want to give them the advice that they're looking for. I want to give them the suggestions of how to spend your money wisely, have a chance to buy cards, trade cards, Um, whether it's kids or whether it's adults that have driven from two and a half hours north of, you know, Indianapolis. I'm, I'm all about that. So uh, truly, I do my best, but I don't consider it pressure to be here because there's, I mean, I've got to do other stuff. I'm on the road. I'm buying. Uh, I've got a family. I've got a wife and four kids. So, it, it, But to be here in the shop is still my number one priority when it comes to this this business. So you mentioned having to go from collector to uh, store owner. What are some of the, the hidden both pains and pleasures that you, you, know, you wouldn't have thought of when getting into the business as an actual <laughs> store owner? Well, I'm not a negative person uh, ever. I, I don't. I, I try to spin the worst possible scenario into a positive to the point of a fault. My my wife hates that, but you know, dealing with the negativity of the shop, there's always going to be bad apples. Um, that's the pain. It's like it's hard because I take everything personally because I want this experience to be. Uh, they walking out the door and say, "When when can I come back? You know, when's my next trip that I can make back to the Indy Card Exchange." Um, and, and there's, there's going to be bad situations. I can't control the emotions of the people that work for me. I can't control the responses of some people, even though I try to. Um, so yeah, you've got to really work hard at making sure that my attitude personally and my goals of the shop exude to my employees and to the customers that are in here, because there's going to be negativities. Um, the pleasures seeing crowds, you know, hearing all the negativity out on the uh, the Twitterverse and everything of the hobbies about like right yeah. <laughs> the bubbles about to burst and the hobbies falling apart yada 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 I'm sorry but from a microcosm viewpoint being in my shop I've never seen so many people walking into this shop looking for advice or, or sports cards we've um, never been here where it hasn't just been buzzing we love it my dad was shocked I brought him in last time he was yeah. really excited to come and he's like, I just sat at that table and watched everybody check out and looking at the cards. <laughs> he's like, I couldn't believe it. My dad's been collecting since, you know, the late 70s. Yeah. And he absolutely loved it. And speaking of the experience in here, let's talk Jordan Bar. Did you know that was going to be a genius piece of marketing when you did it? Or did you just think this will be cool? Don't you think sometimes genius decisions just happen? Yeah. Uh, like on kind of fly by the seat of your well, pants. Then when did you realize that it was a genius decision? Uh, after everybody gave me the feedback they yeah. did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, when my wife and I were gluing single cards to the top of a bar until one thirty in the morning, <laughs> you know, and then doing it the next day, yeah. I didn't feel so genius. I felt like, what the heck are we doing right now? <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, it's that feedback on the Jordan bar has been it's so cool. Unbelievable. And it's an experience. Like you said, people come to see that. Um, the Jordan top, the Notre Dame brick, I mean, everything that kind of goes into it. And I love, you know, you asked about more pleasures. I took a picture one time and posted it on Instagram. I was standing over on the, the framed jersey wall, and every single seat was packed. And there were people standing back around behind the people sitting at the bar. I'm like, we've done it. Yeah. This is it. That's got to be you an know, awesome feeling. It was the best feeling. And I had to snap a picture of it real quick just to commemorate the experience. So, 
yeah, it's it's an environment that I want people to not come in and leave, which was kind of the environment when I from the shop right. that I bought. It was a you make your purchase, you make your decision, and get out of here. This is not that. This is, place. this is a place to come and sit for two hours if you want to. What's the most valuable single on the Jordan Bar? <laughs> <laughs> I overheard there's, this last time I was in here, so I'm kind of cheating with the question. No, it's okay. There's 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 only one regret card. <laughs> okay, and Let's hear you know it's it. one of those cards. It's the it's called the Jordan Records Collection, and you guys can probably do a little video of it afterwards. But the, the Jordan Records Collection, I literally thought it was one of those cards that you bought it, one of those Jordan box sets at Walmart and Target yeah. for 19.99 back in 2000 um no it's not it's actually a tough <laughs> it's a tough insert to pull and uh the last psa 10s have sold for over three thousand dollars of that card and it was there was nothing wrong with that card like i i look at cards i study cards i know what condition should be that card had a good shot at a 10 and i just put glue and then threw some epoxy over the top it's a good it. story now it's yeah maybe it, it adds to the aura of the jordan oh, bar yeah, yeah. <laughs> So we talk a lot about uh, you as a store owner. Let's get into you. Let's get back to you as a collector. Okay. Who are some guys other than MJ, obviously, that you PC? Uh, besides MJ, I mean, my fun M my fun collection is I collect any Notre Dame football player that got drafted in the NFL. So oh, I like that. I have, but I only collect them in their Irish uniforms. So like, you only have a couple products every year, like you know the draft products from Panini, Contenders Draft, Prism Draft. And some of the Leaf products have all those guys in their Irish uniforms, too. So for a long, long time, I mean, I've got stuff. I've got relic cards of Newt Rockney that I have, and I've got stuff that goes back to, gosh, you know, the old 90s days with Ron Paulus and Jerome Derek Bettis. And Derek Mays, yeah, number guy. one. He was a yeah. stud, man. He's a good wide receiver. Um, so I, that's been my PC for 30 years of Notre Dame guys in their Irish uniforms and Michael Jordan. That's it. And everything else, you know, I always say – I have a big collection, but everything else has kind of a price tag on it that if right. if the time is right, I'm willing to sell it and not have the regrets. If I sold some of these Notre Dame cards that I only have one of, if I sold Michael Jordan's, you know, Dunkin' Go Nuts PSA 10, it would it would hurt. It would actually pain me to sell that card. You know what I mean? So that's... I have a quick personal question on yeah. the PC side. I, I get some feedback that, like, my PC doesn't make a lot of sense because it's like Mahomes, Burrow, Luca. Jaw, Tatis, Soto. That's just, that's not really PC, right? That's just getting the popular guys. Uh, to me, that's investment. Okay. I mean, because you probably, again, I always separate into buckets, like collector, investor, and gambler. You know, your collector is the stuff that you truly want to collect and keep. You have zero intention. So that would be my Colin Sexton side. Sextons, yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. You just asked me about your Sexton black <laughs> one-of-one prism. I mean, it's like, I'm, I'm not going to spend money on the Sexton. I'm not going to invest in Sexton. I'm going to collect Colin Sexton. But... You know, this, the guys that you just mentioned, that's kind of the majority in the investment. And they bucket. should all have a price tag on them. They should, yeah, yeah. because they're going to appreciate, you know, and, and you're, uh, you would be remiss if you didn't sell that stuff when the market was hot, right, on that player. Um, and then the gambler side's the flipping, the opening. You're, op you're ripping boxes and yeah. you're taking a gamble on pulling a $20,000 Justin Herbert card. So Or it, yeah. or, uh, or the other side, but it's, it's – uh, can you get into specific products? Because I feel like with a lot of new collectors, um, just like a two-minute little hyper class from you here on what they should probably be buying if they're going to buy a hobby box would go a long way. Okay. Um, for example, like you mentioned college uniform stuff, mm -hmm. where that stuff will mm -hmm. will not hold the same value long term, but when that stuff first releases, people are so excited. They are. And yeah. they're buying it up. 
what would your recommendation be if someone came in here and they're like, you know, I want to buy a couple hobby boxes? Well, the first question I ask everybody is what are your goals and intentions? Because you have to realize, okay, what do you want to do with these cards? Are you buying them to sell them right away? Are you doing the investment game? Are you playing the, the flip game right now? If you are, then we steer people in the right directions that way. And then the next question is, how much do you want to spend? Because we all know how expensive hobby boxes are. Um, a quick crash course on you know opening 101, you do what you, you are comfortable with and what your budget allows. That's truly the number one thing. Um, go to an LCS when you're buying hobby boxes and go to an LCS that you trust that's going to help you spend your money wisely because you know you and I were talking about Bowman Chrome and, and Jordan you were mentioning Bowman Chrome baseball none of us can predict what the market's going to do a lot of us have good feelings you know you guys had a good feeling that you should have bought a case of Bowman Chrome and it's already appreciated over a thousand dollars a case yep. um, those are things that we actually did steer people in that direction because we knew our pricing was fair which is another thing our shop tries to do when it first releases is giving a fair market price of what we feel the market should be, not what all the online mega giants are pricing it at. Um, because sometimes you can get really burned if you overprice stuff too. I don't too. think I saw it better priced anywhere, yeah. Bowman Chrome on release day than right. what you had. Um, you know, when we talk about the collegiate products that are first type products that have the, you know, like the NBA is about to have the 21-22 class. And uh, I think it's Chronicles draft just came out. I don't push it hard, even though it's fun to open because you get your first Cade Cunninghams and you get your first Jalen Greens and stuff like that. Um, people want to maybe rip one box. They're not buying a case of that stuff. If they are, then they're really gambling and moving that product really fast because the Chronicles draft, anything that's college uniform stuff is not a long-term hold type product. So we try to educate people on that. Um, the first products that come out that have the players in their NFL uniforms or NBA uniforms or Major League Baseball uniforms, those are the kind of stuff that like you can actually start sinking your teeth into and spending money wisely on. The other part of it, too, I know I'm going on this big diatribe, not opening the product when you buy it is super important. And there's a, lot the of, there's a lot of wrong guys. I know, I know. You're, you're, I'm speaking as a wrong guy because I want to rip it, too. But, you know, if you are a true investor in the hobby right now, there's 10 products a year that are well worth hanging on to. If you've got the stamina to not open it and keep it sealed, you know, a good example is a friend of mine through my church obviously saw the success of the sports card industry. He's like, Andy, I, I, I want to invest in something. He goes, I don't have the emotional attachments of having to open it. What should I buy? He bought a case of flawless basketball from 1920. And when we released it out, we had it for 13,500 a case, which was a great price. It was market rate. It's now appreciated to like he's made almost ten thousand dollars in a year. You know, that's a those are the kind of things that I'm happy to educate people on. And if you decide you want to kind of go down those pathways, you know, which pathway is it, and how can we steer you in the right direction? Which is, you know, why I feel the local card shop is still at the backbone of the hobby because the ones that care are going to make sure people succeed long term, not in and out quickly. You know. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so this is a question that I want to ask everybody. Um, what do you think is the best value going right now, and why is it soccer cards? <laughs> Big soccer guy. <laughs> Big soccer guy. Put me on the spot, Jordan, <laughs> man. Um, soccer is awesome right now. Soccer, I, I contend right now that soccer is our, it's our number two seller when it comes to op unopened wax products. It is truly our number two seller. Soccer has so much potential because of its international prowess. It's similar to basketball. Basketball's number one, soccer two, and probably baseball three, football four. Hockey, unfortunately, is a distant five. 
Star Wars and Pokemon outsell hockey, unfortunately. Last time we were in here was Chris from Nash Cards was ripping some hockey. He was, yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> he's crazy enough to rip yeah. some hockey. He, he sees a deal when he sees. He knows a deal yeah. when he sees it. That guy's no dummy. He's a smart guy for sure. Chris is a good guy. Um, but no, soccer Jordan has become so much fun. I played soccer through college. I still haven't jumped on the soccer collecting side. There's still time. We'll take you. We'll take you. I'm not saying I don't have any cards. I've got some Hollands. I've got some Mbappes. I've got some um, Pulisic stuff. I mean, I I bought a Pulisic uh, first ever Kaboom. I mm. uh, got a PSA 10. I mean, that's a big card. It's Pulisic is the the, fa- the the godfather of American yeah. soccer. Finally, to get them. Yeah, the savior. Yeah. Um, so I'm not opposed to soccer. Don't get me wrong. I think that it's going to continue to grow in the positive direction and you're you are on the ground floor of watching the soccer market grow we had some really good soccer success here in the shop when um my my gm jake who's awesome um shane indie card collector Mm -hmm. on instagram he's a big soccer guy a few other guys like chris and bob they all got onto the soccer game before it became so expensive and so popular we were rebuying cases and cases and cases of 1718 Tops Chrome Champions League, which is Mbappe's rookie. Yeah. We were buying them like you wouldn't believe. Well, we were getting them for like 50 bucks a box and selling them for 60 bucks a box just because we wanted to keep moving product. I kid you not, that helped us get a strong allocation for future soccer oh, products, that makes not sense. knowing that it was going to be what it is four years later. But oh my gosh, I mean, now, like, the, like indie card collector Shane. He has the best Mbappe rookie collection you can have. He's got the blue refractors and orange refractors. and I mean, like, you name it, he's got it. It's crazy. Um, So soccer, back to your question, it's not number one. It's getting there. It's trending in the right direction, but I think it's here to stay because it's such an international marketplace, for sure. So you get a lot of people that – come in wanting to sell their cards felonies in the attic or whatever and a lot of it I you mean like the two guys that just tried to it come was in a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were carrying yeah. shoe boxes um, i always feel bad people are coming in on days were closed and it's like sorry guys i need a day and i've been in here when it, it's clear the cards maybe aren't great that they're trying to move yeah. and you are incredibly nice about telling them yeah. probably won't be interested i want to talk about the flip side what's the best lot mm. single you've seen come in here where you perked up when they pulled it out <laughs> Um, my best ever collection that to this day is still number one was 2014. Uh, I went to a guy's basement. He was a Jordan collector. Of course, I'm going to give you back to the Jordan side. Yeah. Um, it was the, I mean, I still have pictures of it from seven years ago. Jordan inserts eight Jordan rookies, a Jordan star rookie. Um, Jordan, our unopened wax from those years of like 97, 98 tops finest and 96 tops chrome. And, you know, the stuff that literally as a child, I'm still drooling over as a 16 year old guy. And I honestly, like, I bought this collection. I bought it from the guy that 2014, we estimated the value, which was a very firm estimate of close to a $100,000 collection. Uh, The guy wanted to buy a new boat. (laughs) I... Was, I had just owned the shop. I had no extra cash. I was still in severe debt buying this place. And he wanted $72,000. We don't know why we came to that number, but it was $72,000. I bought the collection that I pulled every dollar from my personal savings account to buy. Really? And I freaked out. 
Like emptied your personal savings down to like two dollars. I got to do wow. like yeah. crazy for sure. <laughs> drain your savings. That's that's my advice to everybody. Yeah, drain, drain your savings. savings. <laughs> no, I'm just in kidding. some guy's basement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so like I mean it was that good of a collection I couldn't pass it up. Two months after I bought the collection was the Chicago National in 2014, and I took pretty much all the collection to resell as fast as possible because I was panicking. Yeah. Like I'm broke. I have cards, but I don't have any money, and my wife would probably kill me. So I flipped the collection. I made like $10,000 profit. I kept probably 10 items, you know, like nothing. Kobe rookies. I mean, you name it. This guy had it. But you did get profit and kept some. I kept a couple. Okay. And I should have kept more. Okay. So we that gentleman has come into my shop recently, and we were talking about it. That collection, if we estimated today's value, is worth over $2 million. $2 million? $2 million. So it's the biggest collection I've ever bought when it comes to the expanse of what it's worth today. Um, and there's been some cool vintage. Don't get me wrong. I was able to buy my first ever 52 Mantle uh, about three years ago. It was graded a one. It was in a complete set. I have that card still today, and I have no intention of getting rid of it. You know, that's a card that you just – it's an iconic card for any collector to have a 52 Mantle, no matter what the grade. But, yeah, that Jordan collection, oh, man. So where would – my immediate question yeah. is, where is your confidence? At, I know at that time you were, you were well an expert by then. You can go now. No, that's all right. All right. Um, you were well an expert by then. How did you know all those Jordans were authentic? Oh, I, I mean, experience. I, you can eyeball one immediately now? Knowing the authenticity. You know, like we, people come to us all the time about Jordan rookies, Fleer rookies. Are they real? Are they not real? I've, I've broken the bad news to people. But, you know, it's just one of those where you have to know the hobby. It's like being a, a bank manager and looking at $100 bills all day mm -hmm. long and knowing which ones are fake, which ones are real. Um, you just have to give the advice and, and have the experience of knowing what's authentic and what's not authentic. That's tough. It's not easy. It takes a lot of time to learn, but yeah. That's Plus stuff. you have very, very fancy uh, magnifiers. The old LED lights and everything yeah, like that. That definitely helps. So the big news in the space recently has been the, the fanatics stuff. Uh, you can't really get any, go anywhere without hearing about that. What was your initial reaction to that? And then how has your thought process regarding all of that changed since you've had a little bit more time to digest? That's a good question. I had a feeling we'd be talking about that today. Um, it's kind of evolved ever since the announcements happened. I mean, it's only been probably a few weeks, right, since it all happened. Feels like a lifetime. It does. It does. Has it wrapped up all three sports now? They did. Yeah, yeah all the three major sports are going to be under Fanatic's wing. Um, so... My thoughts initially were, how can they do anything to local card shops? That was my questions. Mm -hmm. I mean, because as the, the impact and the presence that we want to have on the local customers with, the, th with the, um, the motto and the theme of what we want to do for those customers, which is relationships and education, Fanatics can't provide that. Fanatics can't, they, they're going to provide a great platform with direct-to-consumer sales, with online, with trying to kind of close the entire supply chain loop of how cards are purchased, graded, you know, sold, all the marketplaces, things like that. I get it. I'm a businessman. I get it. They want to they own that whole piece of the pie because they have the platform to be able to do it. Um, so my, my initial thoughts were, oh, we're good. We're good. We're going to have to change a few things. We're, our pricing is going to be a little different than it used to be because what our cost is versus what our return can be. You know, there's going to be a lot of different things that we have to adjust. Every business has to adjust when things happen. Um, 
things have kind of evolved in the last few days of people are kind of panicking again because Michael Rubin, the owner of Fanatics, has kind of said, we want to own everything. We want to eliminate as many middlemen as we can. We want the distribution. We want the retail. We want grading. the grading. We, oh, yeah, oh. they want the grading. And, and there's a lot of <clears throat> inner politics that are going on on the grading side where Fanatics, the, the, the ownership groups of Fanatics already kind of have a pathway for grading because they bought a grading company. Um, they bought CSG, which is also CGC comic book grading. So guess what? Fanatics now has the in on the grading side, too. Uh, I don't want to go off a, a big tangent on about all the stuff that Fanatics has their fingers dabbled into right now. <laughs> but um, as, a, as a small business owner, you know, I feel what what competitive advantage can we still provide that Fanatics can't touch, right? And my goal is to figure out two or three different avenues that I'm going to say, okay, here I go. I've got this opportunity. I can't sell unopened wax for the same kind of, you know, quantities and prices that I was able to in the past we all know that you know I was told by somebody in the know at the very top is the days of being able to get 20 cases of a product are gone you're going to get a few as a local card shop because I think that they do still realize the value of a local card shop but you're not going to get mass amounts because everybody that's on the consumer side wants to buy it and click a button um, get it direct from fanatics so we have to adjust to those changes. I mean, I'm not scared. I mean, a lot of people are scared. A lot There's fear that Fanatics has instilled in a lot of people. Um, but I do feel like local card shops that are good local card shops that care about the business, care about the growth, and know how to sustain the uh, peaks and the valleys in this industry are going to be able to survive. Um, so Fanatics is it's going to be a long drawn out process unless they come in and they just acquire the companies that own the licenses now because right now they can't touch tops products until 2024 i think if i'm not mistaken and they can't touch mlb and nfl or nba and nfl until 26. so we've got a few years to kind of figure out how this process is going to play out seems to me there's a little bit of a conflict of interest if they're grading the the products that they had themselves have created mm -hmm. <laughs> with just, their own just an observation just yeah with their own grading company yeah, yeah. you know yeah. that's that's a major conflict of interest you're going to have perfect tens of everything yeah. right yeah. i mean why would you not it, it's strange to me too like i mean i are they going to provide graded product already wa inside the unopened wax like you know panini has this encased product right every there's one card that's already bgs graded inside of panini slab. yeah or i got a redemption slab right yeah. you did yeah. oh, You're so pissed. the worst thing ever yeah. it's a redemption slab it's a redemption sticker on a slab that's unbelievable <laughs> I, I don't get that at all but yeah i mean that's there's a lot of of things to be determined on how is this going to play out? What are they going to do with the grading side? What marketplace are they going to use? Are they going to buy a platform like eBay or are they going to create their own marketplace <clears throat> and compete with the Goldens and PWCCs and, and Ebays of the world? Um, as big as they are, they want everything. They want to own it all. They want to do it all and they want to make the most money on it all. Speaking of everything, I wanted to touch on one other um, avenue that has some collectors worried and price shop owners maybe a little worried. I think it's actually going to boost up cards even more, and that's NFTs. Um, and we see with like NBA. I know uh, you when you talk. So I'm big card guy too, but I I still love NFTs. So Top Shot came, um, and now Dapper has a deal with the NFL to do the same thing with the NFL. And I believe Fanatics already owns the MLB rights um, to NFTs. Do you? 
I, I assume by the look on your face, you do not own any NFT sport moments yet. Well, I'm going to flip the script on you. Why do you like NFTs so much? So here's, here's what I'll say with NFTs. Um, with sports cards on the high-end collections, well, the immediate thing you always get is like sports cards. Well, it's in your hand. You can hold it. Um, and they'll take, well, I'll take a screenshot of the NFT. Um, well, a, a card is just a photo. Um, with a lot of these people on the high end, it's going vault to vault, whether it's at PWCC, and you're, you're really not holding it in your hand, so it would be <laughs> similar to an NFT. Um, NFT, I like that it's just like a video moment, and I like that it's all on the blockchain, so there are no, um, there's no questions about is this authentic, can it be replicated? It can't, it's on the blockchain, you know exactly what you're getting, and then the perfect 10 is like a lower serial number, and it all, it all goes into like the blockchain crypto world. Um, like my portfolio personally on the sports collectible side is still like 90% cards, 10% NFTs. Um, but I just think for the boom potential, I don't think NFTs are ever going to be as widespread as cards. Like it's not going to be able to sustain all these products and everything. But I think NFT still has high end value to where it's like the first ever few minted LeBrons could be huge. But it's not like every year we're going to be going out to get the rookie class. So I think early with NFTs, whereas sports and, and a lot of people aren't going to be able to afford that high end of NFTs. And I think the natural alternative for them is going to be, well, if I can't, let, let's maybe after 10 years dive back into sports cards and see what sports cards has sure. to offer. Okay. You, so, so you have no interest in NFTs. I don't, I, I, I know it's the future. I know that it's that we are in a digital world and what else can be a digital you know, a tradable asset that has appreciation value. NFTs are that, I get it. Cryptocurrency is that, right? Um, I'm dabbled into cryptocurrency thanks to my 15-year-old son. I would have never Well, I can crypto. tell you that coming next might right? be an NBA top shot once you're in crypto. Yeah. <laughs> you may end up Well, he asked me already, Dad, can I buy this top shot and use some Ethereum? I'm like, no, yeah. I cannot. <laughs> no, if, I mean... I, I don't. If you'd known what I spent on Colin Sexton top shots. Oh, gosh. Yeah, you better have a good year. With <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just don't. I'm not sold on the NFT game because, again, I'm an old school guy. You call me the godfather. I'm 42 years old. I feel like I'm a younger guy still, but I'm not in the card world. And then we go to the NFT world and it's young. It's it's a young generational thing that people just want to have. It's an instant access, instant gratification. Right, you click a button, you've got your video, your digital, video and you can you click a button and have it sold without you know, doing anything. Correct, and you get to watch your bank account potentially grow. Um, I just don't know how many people are going to continue with the NFT market, but I don't see it slowing down. Well, I do I think, and it's an international market. Again, we go back to domestic versus international. Right, you know, football cards are very domestic. NFL cards are domestic. I mean, ninety-five percent of what's purchased for NFL cards are in the USA. Right. Basketball cards are international. Soccer cards are international. NFTs. And you can run into that. Like, you sell a lot of soccer cards, and yeah. then it becomes the shipping international. Right, right. And it just, you mm -hmm. know, it becomes a whole thing. Yeah. I do think, like, NFTs as a whole, 99% of yeah. those projects are going to go to zero. But the 1% that sticks, yeah. um, and I think, like, the Dapper Labs, just because they have the leagues on board, and we saw at the draft they were pushing yeah. it, um, but everyone has assumed as the NFT market every time it does this yeah. for those in audio go up, yeah. they assume sports card would do this, go down. And it really hasn't been hasn't, the case. Every no. time NFT spikes, sports cards spike right yeah. with them. I, I think that, too, the other thing people are looking for is an unregulated market. Yeah. And NFTs are still unregulated. So right now, and they will be you can make your money yeah. on your you're paying it and buying it and receiving it with Ethereum or, or Bitcoin yep. or whatever other 
digital currencies are available on crypto. Nobody's tracking that stuff. So I, I can see the benefit. I can see how money can ex be exchanged for, you know, a bored ape of some guy wearing uh, an ape wearing <laughs> sunglasses with an ugly costume on and stuff. And Pandas, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think... I have a panda. Of course you do, Kyle. Of course you do. Um, is it a panda with an Irish uniform on or something No, like my that? panda has <laughs> alpha dog colors, right. and I think he has a monocle, which is okay, kind of cool. Okay, all right. Yeah. That's cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I think it was big when Steph Curry had a bored ape sitting yeah. on his little uh, Instagram Yeah, the panda is not profile. at the uh, ape level, to He's say not, the least. Yeah. I mean, I know about them. I mean, I'm starting to spew all this stuff off, and I can't stand it, but I know about yeah, it. Yeah, I think you might be a closet I'm fan. I'm not a closet okay. fan. No, I, I will... Gladly say this publicly. He's, I'm not an NFT. If it's just audio, he is winking repeatedly right now. Think he has a twitch. So there's your. Do you think answer. you could? You may ever buy a Top Shot or like NFL moment or? I would do it for my son. Okay, so you'll never buy as a personal purchase. No. So I'm looking you in the eye. I know how much you love Michael yeah. Jordan. Yeah. Top Shot does a run it back series, and they put the Elo shot on there. You're not even thinking about buying it. No. No, I'm okay. not because I've, I'm going to spend my money on the, the hard, tangible stuff that I can hold and see. You know, I'm. it goes back to being a traditionalist. I just can't step away from owning a Michael Jordan rookie or a Michael Jordan high-end insert and saying that I own it and have it. And if I'm going to spend an ELO shot NFT, probably yeah. is a million dollars, right? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I'm not spending a million dollars on that. I've seen the highlight plenty. You can get I a pack, and, up and, you can get a pack and pull it, though. Oh, gosh. <laughs> So you can step away from the shop owner side and you can start ripping oh boy, again. Here we go. And then I'm broke and the shop closes yeah. because I own all these Michael you're, Jordan NFTs. You're like, man, top shot. Right. <laughs> Kyle. Damn it, Kyle. I'll, I'll buy him. <laughs> so let's wrap with this. Um, maybe. So we've talked a lot about um, how the, the store kind of brings out the, the fan in you. What are some of the things that make the hobby worthwhile just kind of across the board for you? Well, it's the people, first of all. I mean, cards are great, but the people make the hobby. And I've been able to be, create the best relationships and friendships through this hobby in 20, you know, 32 years of owning it. And, you know, it's 20 years of being in Indianapolis. The friendships I've developed through this are awesome. Um, I just feel like cards are secondary. You know, it's more, I always, if I had to have a new slogan for my card shop, I would just say it, it's more than cards. I really would. Um, and to me, it is about buying a card, selling a card, trading cards with somebody, and then f not ending it at that, finding out who they are, why they're here, what, they're, what got them into the hobby, just like you guys are asking me those questions. If I hadn't done that with Kyle when he first came down, he probably wouldn't be doing this podcast, right? right. He'd be like, why do people like Andy? He's kind <laughs> of a douche, you know, like... But it's it, it's more like that. That is it's more than cards in this hobby to me. And and there's people that don't believe that. There are people who are like, I want, I want to do the transaction, and I probably won't ever see you again. I've walked in plenty of shops like that, and I am in no hurry to go back to them. And it's not just the shops. You know, shows are like that. You know, the it, the environment needs to be more personal focused with cards being secondary. What are you like at shows? What am I like? Yeah. Are you like you Same are in here? Like here. very personable 100%. and. I was at the national Talking and I lost my voice by Friday because I wanted that to talk to everybody. Right. Yeah. 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 It wasn't because of COVID, even though it was yeah. a super spreader event. Um, <laughs> it really was. Apparently, a lot of my friends got sick, but thankfully we didn't. Uh, but no, I mean, it, it's a conversational piece. I mean, so many people love sports cards because they grew up as a kid collecting. Mm -hmm. People at my church, people that you know I encounter through other avenues in life, they're like, what do you do? Well, I own a baseball card shop. First response is, 
and you succeed and you can provide for your family. Yeah, we're doing okay. <laughs> and, but the big thing is, it's like, oh, I collected cards as a kid. Oh, what's it like now? You know, boom, we've got ourselves a conversation. You mm -hmm. can talk two hours with somebody about cards and then about the people and about where they came from and why they're here and, you know, why are they as interested in cards again? So ask questions, you know, it never hurts. You guys are asking me a lot of good questions today. I try to do the same thing in response to how I talk to other people. Love it. Yeah, man. And, and like you, you said, one other thing. Yeah. To finish it off. Yeah. My dad. Yeah. You think I am a networker and the godfather of cards? You know, he told Ryan that you have to follow me on Instagram. <laughs> and guess what you did? You followed me on Instagram. And look what it led to. Said. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that guy. You will really, get we'll thousands of dollars from me for the rest of your right, life. There we go. <laughs> Thank <that>. you, Bruce. <laughs> um, no, but my dad, I, if I, I wouldn't be here today if it weren't for him and the, the support he's given me and, you know, my whole family. But my dad specifically has been so supportive of this hobby from the day I bought packs as a 10 year old, you know, from my grandma till age 42. And now. I, every That's got to be cool post, for him to see what you are now. Yeah, every time I post on Instagram, the first person to like it is Bruce Albert. That's you know, awesome. like it's just cool. So, you know, it goes back to those kind of things. He's proud, and he gets to tell other people about it, and then that creates relationships like this. And too. he's a big so, sports fan. You said he loves his. When's Irish. the last time he missed a Notre Dame game? Uh, he's been to every home game since I think 1989 or 90. Like like right after they won their championship. He was wow. able to get his season ticket shortly after that, and he's been a season ticket holder ever since. And he tailgates at every single game in the Joyce lot for the home games, too. That's awesome. It's you, pretty intense. And you usually get to one a year? At least one a year. Yep. Yeah, it's fun. Used to be every game, but yeah. when, you're, when you've got a family and yeah. a shop Change and you live two hours away, uh, it's And you got to be at the shop. Man. Yeah. At the shop. Um, can you plug away before we wrap up here? I mean, tell people sure. you do breaks. Yeah. Um, which are extremely fairly priced too. If people are actually looking to get in a break they can afford, you, you do great breaks. Yeah. Um, plug the shop, social media, plug away. Okay. All right. So uh, we're in Indianapolis. We have a brick and mortar. Uh, we don't have any other locations. It's in it's 7035 East 96th Street, Sweet Pea, Indianapolis, Indiana. IndyCardExchange.com. We are very informative on our website. Do the best we can to give people education on grading, what we buy, what we don't buy. Stop bringing in your 1988 Topps baseball cards. Just kidding. Um, but seriously. But seriously. seriously. <laughs> Just kidding, but seriously. Uh, it, we want to do the best at educating on that. Um, Instagram is Ball Card Exchange. I think I've got that on my little sweatshirt. Yep. For those that aren't watching my ugly mug, it's Ball Card Exchange with an X, not an EX. Uh, and then Twitter. We don't do as much on Twitter, but we still post and everything. Facebook, just search us on Insta Indie Card Exchange as well. Our breaking site, I guess I'm still <laughs> plugging, is exchangercardbreaks.com. And we also have our breaking site tabbed onto our indiecardexchange.com website, too. So you can buy into breaks there. Awesome. We're breaking more often now. We finally have all the, uh, the details set up. We have a little breaking studio now that we have uh, somebody breaking more often. And we're doing them a few times a week. And we're also going live during the day to rip personals for people too. So it's developing. And your breaks are usually randoms rather than pick your team? They are. I love randoms. Randoms are great. Yeah. I know. It's it's fun. You can potentially trade your team afterwards if some people are willing to. Um, I'm, we're going to probably morph into allowing people to buy team spots eventually mm -hmm. because we're going to do a little revamp of our website. But IndyCardExchange.com, that's where you can kind of start awesome. there and be able to contact us in any way, shape, or form. We're always buying collections. You know, please don't hesitate. We pay very well. I mean, that's another thing. Like, I know I sound like I'm an advertisement right now, but 
we give you the market value of your collection and then make you a fair offer. Um, that's one thing that I think differentiates us too. I'm just, I, I'm giving away my secret. I am proof podcast. of that too. It was, <clears throat> yeah, it actually, I, I, if, if, uh, did, I know you don't want to have us feel like, uh, you know, just bragging or anything. So I'll tell the story for you. Um, when we were discussing the Herbert, I had yeah. sent over a few deals. Um, cause you were like, here's some cards I think are worthy of a trade. If you want to do some trade plus cash and, um, I sent over four or five deals and you picked one and I was like, I mean, does it sound fair? You know better than I do. And you're like, well, I think it'd be a little bit more fair if I put another thousand on your wax credit. And I was, I was blown away. I was like, who does that? <laughs> <laughs> who, who, very easily, I would have been happy with the deal. Cause yeah. I mean, I created the deal and you were like, I, I think a little bit more wax credit would be fair. And that, that's something that very, very, very few, not only shop yeah. owners, just business owners in general yeah. would do. But they need to if they care about it yeah. long term. Yeah. That's the key to long term relationships. You know, if I would have done the deal with you initially and agreed on that proposal that you made without giving you the fair market value of what mm -hmm. I thought it was, I'm still going to make money on that thing. Yeah. You know, like I would have if I would have sold it the next day, I would have made a couple right. thousand dollars easy. Yeah. But we were we needed to be open and transparent. And to me, that's the most important thing, because I don't want you having a sour taste with a deal because it won't let you you won't want to come back to me. And, it, and, and you won't refer other people to right. me. This is a which referral, I do all the time now. Referral heavy business. And Jordan too. made a good point the other day. It's like, man, that Herbert, the cracked ice Herbert. I was like, man, that that that's gonna sell for huge money someday. And he he made the point too. It was like, well, it got me back into cards and loving cards yeah. all the much more. Yeah. And it it funded more boxes I was able to buy. And then yeah. it's it's brought you into brought the hobby. Into yeah. And um, now you're buying football instead of football. ask him what his Instagram handle is at Big Cards Guy. <laughs> I like it. I like it. At Big Cards Guy. Big Cards Guy. <laughs> Andy, thanks a ton. This Thank was this was when we decided this was going to be our next project. Um, this was penciled in as 1A. Thanks. Andy, Thank you. Andy Card Exchange. Absolutely love it. Jordan, you want to close with anything? Nope. Just buy soccer cards? Yeah. Boots, sure. <laughs> ball cards? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Andy. We hey, really appreciate you guys. it. Pleasure. Andy's the best. And so you heard... You heard a lot from Andy. I mean, we could have gone three or four hours on that interview. We condensed it down to one one neat, tidy hour, but that was awesome. And if you are ever in the Midwest, his shop is an absolute must. Yeah, and maybe next time we'll actually get the, the UPS driver on the mic. Yeah. <laughs> to be determined. <laughs> let's jump into some segments. What are we starting off with? All right, let's start off with two-week Tony and two-month Tommy. The, the premise here is... Who are some guys that we will look back in two weeks and think, oh, man, why didn't I buy more of that? And then that same premise, but for two months. Are you following me? Yeah. In two weeks, admittedly, it's going to skew a little easier when we're in playoffs of a sport or, like, World Series of a sport. Um, would have been great for baseball. I've made some two-week Tommy or even or two-week Tony and even two-month Tommy bets in baseball. I don't think any of them were. No. Glaber Torres, I was big into. I, Gavin Lux. See, both of those I was all about. Young guys, lots of potential. Just, you know, it wasn't your postseason. Looking back, let's do this. Let's do a little 2020 segment here real quick. Right, Austin Riley probably would have been good. That, Yeah. I, I mean, to sell right now. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm saying to buy two months ago. Oh, yeah, to yeah, sell yeah, right yeah, now. You. yeah. Riley, um, Ian Anderson probably would have been all right. Kyle Wright, yeah. Or, Jorge, your oh, boy. I have a bunch of Solar Auto rookies. That does not surprise me at all. Yeah, you need, those need to be listed yesterday. What am I doing? I got to list those. Yeah. Okay. 
All right, so Soler would have been great. He's the odds-on favorite right now to win a World Series MVP at plus 600. Yeah. That's a crazy time that we live in. It, at least like him, Rizzo, Bryant, Baez, Jock. At least these dudes. Schwartz. Oh, my gosh, just raking. RIP that team. Yeah. But two-week Tony, two-month Tommy. Um, on the two-week Tony, I, one thing that I'm not going to do on this show is just like say names or recommendations for the sake of it. So – my only two-week Tony, I'm sure you have a good one. My only one is LeBron. Just bec- and I'm not even sure in two weeks it's going to be a flip, but I can almost promise you he will be higher in two weeks. The larger point I just want to make right now, he's too cheap. Yeah, I mean, His yeah, stuff definitely. is just too cheap right now. You can get his Topps Chrome and a PSA 9 rookie for less than $4,000 right now, which is ridiculous. When we went to the Dells, yeah. This was, what, mid-August? Maybe late August? Something like that. And that dude was giving me a deal, and I think he wanted 65 and now you can get it for less than four. I I don't It's not really a two-week He hasn't me. gotten $2,000 worse in the last two months. Sure hasn't. So, do you have an actual two-week I got an actual two-week Tony. Right. This one's for the Sharks. This is for the Flippers. Oh, here we go. He happens to play quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. My favorite, your favorite's. Tua, Tua Tung, <laughs> Tunga Vailoa. So get this. He's coming up against the Texans. Um, and then he gets a standalone game on Thursday night against the Ravens. Everyone's going to be watching that. He has been playing better. Like, I know that the, he's kind of a, a punchline at this point. Literal punchline when it comes to a certain types of jokes. Um, but he is starting to play a little bit better. I have a, uh, I think it's a PSA 9 rated rookie of his that I will for sure be putting on. I would imagine, like halftime of that Ravens game. Like if, if things are going well, I might put that up there. Like I love Will Fuller back by then too. Who knows for how long? Yeah. I mean, first quarter, but I I think that there's a, there's a little bit of money. He is just dirt cheap right now, primarily because he hasn't been good, but there's, you know, the Texans are, are garbage. Um, and B what a matchup between him and Davis Mills. Oh my gosh. If you set like the short prints or the PSA tens aside, you can get his contender autos for two fifty to five six hundred dollars, which is I would do that. Here his paper base contender auto just sold on the twenty eighth for two hundred one dollars. Like that yeah. if he does play well the next couple weeks and that Thursday night game he plays well. We've seen what Thursday nights can do for quarterbacks yeah. on their resale. That $200 card should be a five or $600 card by then. Definitely. I have, I have one more. Um, and I, I, It's a basketball player I want to get to before we get too far into the season. This is a guy that you've brought up to me several times. I think primarily because he's a Spartan and you want to, to rub that in my face. But Miles Bridges, have you seen the start that he's off to? I have, yeah. He's off to 24.6 points per game, 7.7 boards, 2.9 assists per game. Um, and he's top 10 in the league in PER. Like, he he might be just very good, and his stuff right now is at the floor. Um, uh, you can get his optic rated rookie for twenty, or the the hyper pink optic rated rookie for twenty five dollars. Just I mean, these are both raw, obviously, but I mean that is. And I think what keeps his prices down is the share team with Lamelo, and everyone's putting so much money into Lamelo. Maybe Bridges is the guy, and also it's Charlotte. Like that's kind of. That's the thing you got to take into consideration with some of these guys. But, like, LaMelo hasn't had much of an issue in getting publicity. Like, he's clearly one of those heads-up type of athletes. Like, he's he's getting his pub. I don't sit, I don't think there's any reason that Miles can't can't fall into that same. Oh, speaking of, one of the worst all-time back tattoos on Miles Bridges. What is it? It's, it's, like, 
it's bad text. As in problematic text? No, as in like the font sucks. Oh, okay. I'm a big font guy. You know that. If if it's if you're reading this, it's too late font from Drake. No, it's not that one. <laughs> I don't mind that font. Two months, Tommy. I had four. I have four of them. Oh, oh, oh. all right. Here we go. Um, the two I'll touch on quickly, and then I'll dive into the other ones a little bit more. Kyle Pitts, just because I think he's very, very good. Reading between the lines on Calvin Ridley's statement yesterday, I don't think he's coming back anytime soon. No, I don't either. And they're going to force feed Pitts the ball. And if he has a couple games of like 10 catches, 150 yards, crazy catch, touchdown, you're you're inevitably going to get the hype of, will he redefine the tight end position? Will he be the best tight end ever? And I think you could get a nice like 40, 50% pump on his stuff. What do you think his absolute ceiling is? Like, it, even if he becomes the best tight end ever, re uh, recharges and, and changes that position forever, What what is the ceiling there? Ceiling as far as what, like numbers? Yeah, no, uh, price. Oh. Man, he's, still, he's still tight end. I don't, let's see, like, who, who would you consider the top tight end in, ever? Tony Gonzalez? Tony Gonzalez? Let's see what Tony Gonzalez's stuff sells for. Man, he's, I mean, he's would, real boring, though. Kyle Pitts is at least more interesting. And Kyle Pitts, I think, like, has, like, wide receiver or even Gronk. I guess Gronk stuff probably sells for a lot, but I'd say I, I would say he could top like Gonzalez and Gronk numbers. All right. Whatever they get his ceiling. Cause I mean, if he, if he's a hybrid, like wide receiver tight end, which know, he is, yeah, that could help. The other one I want to mention quickly is Clay Thompson. He'll be back around Christmas. Um, if he comes back and plays well and the warriors are looking like they're going to contend, which looks like could be the case. Um, his stuff. It's not incredibly cheap right now, but it will definitely be more expensive in January when he's back playing well. Top 75 player in the league or in the game ever. 76. <laughs> yeah, 76. Excuse me. Before I get to the other two, do you have any two month Tommies? Oh, I do. I I have a couple, but they're going to take us across the pond. So I, okay, I, I you got to be, you got to be ready okay. for it. Um, Josh Allen is one. He's okay. already expensive. He moved into a heavy favorite for MVP. Probably this week. rightfully so. Two months puts us, what, like January 1? So we're looking at Bills could be the top seed. He could be right almost locking up the MVP. I mean, that could be like, I know he's expensive already, but that could be a huge pump into January if they're the number one seed and he's MVP. Um, And then my other one, Pat Mahomes, far too cheap right now. His So the one I've been chasing for a while is his red-yellow rated rookie and a PSA 10. Color match, yeah. I want to think at the Dunes it was... 4,500, and then it was sitting on you eBay. You should have just big dog that. Yeah. <laughs> Keep that in mind. <laughs> it was sitting on eBay, 35, 3,600. Um, I just got an offer. I sent a lowball offer, and I got an offer on eBay for 2,450. Nice. So he, we'll get to him on um, our gambling stuff later too, though, but I think buying up as much Mahomes as you could right now. Just pick up a shift on the street corner. You'll be you'll be there in a heartbeat. Figure it out. But yeah. he's. Let's go across the pond. Let's right? go across the pond. All right. Is Mbappe one of them? Uh, no, but he okay. is a massive buy right now. Okay, His stuff it. is... Oh, yeah, we were looking at it this morning. It's Way so low. low. He he is going to be the greatest player of all time. He is 21-22 right now. His stuff, like, he is a, such a sure thing. Just just go out and buy his His stuff. prison PSA 10 rookie, which was $500 floor forever. Mm-hmm. I saw some at, like, 315, 320 in sales. That yeah, is if you automatic, have, stupid, no buy. Yeah, if you have that laying around, definitely yeah. go get it. All right, so don't let your eyes glaze over. There's money to be made here, people. Let's start with the Club Brugge boys. Where in the world do you think Club Brugge is from? Hungary. 
Close. Denmark. Okay. Um, so Charles close. de Quetzalier <laughs> and, and Noah Lang. Um, so they're in a group with PSG and Man City in the Champions League. So they have two glamour ties coming up in the next, I don't know, month and a half. What is that? So those would be, uh, Champions League would be like where all the best teams in the world play. What's a glamour ties? Glamour tie. Like a, a oh, sorry. It would, it's a game that will be seen by a lot of people because they're playing a big, famous team. Um, so they'll, you know, he'll, they'll have their chance to go up against all of the, the world-class players at Man City. And then you got Messi and Mbappe and PSG. Um, these are two r- rookies in the, the Chrome and Merlin class, like, they're kind of one of the the two of the guys that are a little bit under the radar, like the the Jude Bellingham and the Pedri and all those guys in Muakoko take all the the limelight. For These sure. are two very very <laughs> good talented rookies. Uh, you can get the the Noah Lang Chrome Auto to one ninety nine for ninety five dollars or best offer. I literally almost did that before we came in here because I have money sitting in my PayPal and I'm unfortunately unable to just <laughs> leave it there. Um, I am firmly in the Lang gang, as the, as the people say uh, on the internet. And my other one, so these are two, not even two months, just, just long-term. Mason Greenwood and Kai Havertz are two of the most undervalued players in the hobby. I kind of just wanted to get that on the record from the very first episode. I'm going to be saying this forever. Um, both are world-class talents playing at, gin- like, Greenwood plays at Man United and Havertz plays at Chelsea. Two absolutely enormous, high-profile teams. Like, there isn't a world where they don't become kind of top 10 in the world players by 2025. Like, they are, they're just so good. You can get the rated rookie PSA 9 on uh, on Mason Greenwood for $35, Optic for 85 And on Havertz, you can get the Bundesliga Chrome Refractor to, to $199 for $300. Like, it's just such an incredible deal. These guys are, they're not the next Mbappe, but they are the next sub-tier of that. So, those so are my, Greenwood is only 20 years old, so. I'll, and he's a homegrown player, which in soccer, like I, I know in American sports it doesn't super translate, but he is he's a homegrown player that it, in Man United has such a tradition of, of homegrown players. Um, it's He has all the makings to be just an absolute superstar. All right, I'm going to nab one. Do it, yeah. Before we move on to some top shot and some gambling talk, a few other card notes that I had. I think Zach Wilson's a buy right now. Yeah, definitely. Because, and we'll get to Mike White. But Zach, I think he's a buy just because, and this has been my strategy from the beginning. I don't know if Zach Wilson's any good, but if he is good and he's a New York Jet, it is, I mean, it's like coming up a Yankee. So here's the thing. Like, was Chad Pennington any good? No. I don't know. He was fine. But he was he was hot stuff for a while. Not necessarily in the hobby, but he was hot stuff in Zach the Zach Wilson the is undoubtedly more exciting. Yeah, than definitely. Chad Pennington is. Um, so I think he's a buy right now. If you really want to get crazy, Jordan Love could be a buy right now. Yeah. I can't imagine he'll ever get cheaper at any point than he is right now. Or can I imagine him having lower of a profile than he has right now? Like, after the season, Rodgers is probably going to be gone, and it takes swallowing quite a bit of ego to not put Jordan Love in there. And, and the they're thing going is, to. if Devontae Adams also leaves, he is not going to have a lot to throw to. But that's a that's a future me problem. That is a future me um, problem, Before for we sure. get to Mike White, Cooper Rush, his Cracked Ice Auto Raw sold for $400 last night. I don't know. Seems ridiculous, but... Oh, uh, yes, definitely. I want to talk Mike White. Let's, let's get to it. First he, of all, he might be the greatest quarterback alive. <laughs> I want to get that on the record. The he is incredible. <laughs> he came in, played very well for the Jets. 
Um, obviously, that is not his job long term. They invested the second overall pick in Zach Wilson. His what nine five ten I believe cracked ice auto sold for fourteen hundred dollars yesterday. It's about thirteen hundred uh, too much. Yeah. So I wanted to name one card from each sport you could have bought with that. Are you ready? <laughs> oh yes. Luca Silver Prism rookie in a PSA nine. Could have had that. And probably a better long-term bet. Joe Burrow, Contenders Optic Auto, base raw. Could have had that. Decent. Fernando Tatis, first Bowman Chrome Auto. Could have had that. And here comes the hockey. Yeah. Um, Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> <laughs> but PSA those could nine. have been had instead of the... And I get, like, it's probably someone super rich, and it's a very high risk, potentially. No, there is reward. there is no high reward. It's Mike White's. <laughs> But that's what could have been had. So those were my other notes on cards yeah, before we get to uh, when do the top shot next? Let's do top shot next. Um, so some of you may just be card collectors. Um, a lot of you like I like both. I like top shot, uh, which is NFT platform with the NBA. Um, NFL is coming also with Dapper Labs. Just had the run it back series, and I just want to briefly mention the three highest, uh, the three, you know, highest ones there. At third. LeBron, $2,000. Second, Allen Iverson, $2,000. And the most expensive one is Shaq. That's a real surprise. Like, it is his only moment. Okay. Same with Iverson. Whereas, you know, Lebr- LeBron has 25 moments or so at this point. But I don't, yeah, I don't know. Like, Shaq is ubiquitous. Like, he, he is everywhere. But it's still, like, I feel like that almost makes it him seem cheaper to me. You know what I mean? Like... I mean, looking at parallels with physical cards too, like Iverson doesn't, he has some inserts that go high dollar. His rookies don't necessarily go high dollar. Shaq was in the junk wax era, so his rookies do not go high dollar. There's so many of those floating around. Um, LeBron obviously has some very expensive What do you think cards. about the choice of doing 0506? I thought that was a, a hair bit on the curious side. Yeah, it was weird. And I, I'm sure there's other issues holding this up, but there was no Kobe. Um, he did show up in the background of someone else's. I can't forget who someone I know good, but he showed up in the background of somebody for his first top. People shot went nuts. I'm sure. Game. Yeah. And that sells for too much based off. That. I did love some of the random names. Uh, Michael red, Mo Pete's Gerald Wallace, Kevin Martin. Like there's guys that I, I literally haven't thought about since. Oh, five, Oh six. And then there you go. Yeah. Um, the other thing to mention with top shot is tickets are starting to come into play. So you can, Trade in or burn your moments for tickets. They just had a stress test. I believe the first big drop is like 200 to 300 tickets will be needed, which it's is a lot of tickets. A lot. There are like season one or series one bangers in there. So you can get a There are, pull. but. But that's a I ton. Mean, I mean, if you're burning, say, $4 moments. Yeah. Uh, what's a mat? 300 times, that's over $1,000 you'd have yeah, to. I'm not that's playing basically, those odds. That's basically your pack price. Yeah. Um, unless you have them lying around, which a lot of people do. I'm too OCD for that. Um, but let's, uh, before we tease next, next week's, we have some hook, line, and sinker. Oh, let's go. Which I actually lines. love some of these lines for next week. You're talking NFL? NFL, yeah. I, I didn't look at college. I have all I'm NFL, also, too. I'm also terrible at betting college. And then but... I have a couple MVP futures I want to Ooh, I like that. But uh, let's start with, and I'll start us off with, you know, when NFL rolls around, it's teaser season. Teaser season. So I have a teaser, and then the aforementioned couple MVP. I want to run by. So we'll do teaser, see what you got, and then we'll end with the MVPs. My teaser is a 14-banger. It's a seven-pointer. You love seven-pointers. I'm, I'm more of a traditional guy. I like six. I love take because so many lines are six and a half, seven, seven and a half, and I love taking them down to 
plus a half, zero and yeah. a half. So for my four, I need the Dolphins to beat the Texans. That's it. Big for your Tua stock. Yeah. I need the Cowboys to beat the Broncos. I think with or without Dak. Sorry. I know you're a Teddy, Teddy guy, but man. I think that probably happens. That's unfortunately. Need the Rams to beat the Titans. That will Derek definitely Henry. happen. And then I have Packers plus 10 against the Chiefs. Yeah. I mean, I, I worry about a come down. Like, Rodgers had that that FU game on Thursday night. Like he, he put the team on his on his back all by himself. I worry about what, what happens in the, the aftermath of that, but, I mean, and I never on bet, current form. I never bet against the Chiefs. Yeah. So this is it's big for me. But that's my seven-point teaser. Um, All right. I got a, I got a six-point teaser. Eight. Hit me. Um, I want the Vikings at plus five-and-a-half. That takes them to plus 11-and-a-half against Baltimore. I think this is a huge overreaction to them losing on, on Sunday night. Like, I honestly think that the Vikings are a pretty good team. Like, Kirk Cousins, we know he's going to be bad in primetime. Why I decided to bet on him last night, I, I will never know, but I did. But I'm doubling down on Kirk. Um, Spartan, he'll probably just screw me again. But this is a, this is a 1 o'clock kickoff, so I, I feel comfortable with that. The Vikings at 11 and a half. Uh, Buffalo are, is minus 14 against the Jags. That takes it down to 8. I mean, the Bills have played a couple close games in a row. Like, they're, they're due to absolutely put it on somebody. And the Jags are firm. Put it on me, candidates. Um, and the last one. Put it on. They like to get yeah. Put it on them. Um, <laughs> I, it, it actually goes against my, my Tua narrative, but give me the Texans. Uh, they're at plus seven, The teasing them to, to plus 13. That is, I mean, you're going to get cocky because of what happened yesterday if on we get Sunday. For, if we get fourth quarter Davis Mills again, <laughs> Davis was the best quarterback on the planet in the last five minutes of that game. But this was our third or fourth week straight betting the Texans yes. and teased points yes. every time. Definitely. And this was the first time. I feel time like I happened. am constantly up on the side TV screaming for Davis Mills to please do something. Score points. Last, yesterday, yesterday he was yeah. He so you was think he's going to stay hot? <laughs> I have some Davis Mills bangers that I'm looking to sell that I have been unable to. Another make. another good Sunday. I might be your buyer there. Yeah. Uh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> you can have them. All right. My MVPs, we'll start with uh, not as not as sexy one, but Luca plus 650 seems. Yeah. If they're a top four seed, he'll, he should, should. He should average high 20s and points and like nine and nine. He doesn't have one yet. I think it's a time. Yeah, they, they, they love probably, doing that. They probably give him one. It's such a narrative award. It drives me crazy. Plus 650 just seems like a lot of value for a dude that will for sure be in the... He'll have the numbers to get it. It's just a matter of whether he's picked. The NFL side, it's a uh, it's a uh, pay-off-the-mortgage type number we have here. Patrick Mahomes, who... We he still has to play this week, but he has a if he plays well against the Giants tonight, it's likely he will stay top three in passing yards, top three in touchdowns. He does have the picks; a lot of them aren't his fault. Um, he's going to have to play well to sneak into the playoffs. If they do sneak into the playoffs, it will be because it'll he be on nuts. his back. Yep, and his current plus four thousand that is absurd number will look ridiculous. Yeah, I. I that's surely Vegas has that wrong. Like there, it has been plus four. I looked at it today because Kyler struggled, who was a heavy favorite, and I was like, "Well, and now we're recording, and it probably changed. It hasn't. It is as it sits right now, plus four thousand. That is wild. It 
there's still a, a very realistic world where he ends up leading the league in touchdowns, yards, you know, whatever. And they sneak into the playoffs with him playing well and them humming. The, the only <sighs> thing I can say to that is there, the NFL MVP is also a narrative-driven trophy and they want to get one for the younger guys the, the kylers the herberts like if they have a chance i think they try and push one that way i think his biggest hurdle will be josh josh allen, allen. I means same he, same story he's there. gone all the way to plus 250 which yeah. is pretty crazy big hands through the year. Big, yeah, hands. big hands big arm um my other parlay uh are you are you done with futures I am done with futures. I realized that I probably should have done my parlay with this with my teaser season pick. But I got the uh Cardinals minus two and a half against San Francisco. I think that's another overreaction to Thursday night. Like the Cardinals are really good, and nothing that happened on Thursday night changes that. Um and then the Chargers, I have them minus two and a half against Philly. Like Philly put it on the Lions. The Lions are just straight trash. Who are the Cardinals playing? Uh 49ers. Cardinals are pretty banged up though. I mean, Kyler, that could have been a pride injury, but he was limping off at the end. Nuke missed most of that second half with an injury. I'm not concerned. It was, it was, Watt, but they course. had an extra, extra what, three days to recover? Yeah. And I'm I'm good on JJ. I'm, I'm not too awfully concerned there. He's a warrior. He's a warrior. He is a warrior. <laughs> for, for a warrior, he seems to miss a lot of rest of the seasons. <laughs> but that's what it is, so... That was the first episode. Um, Andy carried it a little bit. That was, just a little bit, just, yeah. Just an awesome interview. Love Andy. And next week. Next week's a good one. This is good an interview. I mean, Chris Kelsey with Nash Cards. We went down to Nashville to talk to him. and There is slabs everywhere. 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 I mean, that shop is just full of slabs. Slabs and shipping supplies. And he was very candid and very open. He sends 45,000 <laughs> cards a week. <laughs> that was my favorite moment from any of the interviews we've done so far. <laughs> but he, not a question he didn't answer. He went into detail, you know, his day-to-day, everything. He talked. If you are a grading snob or you want to learn more about grading and SGC, PSA, Beckett, next week is Normal, the episode. Hashtag normalize SGC. I would say so. PSA um, is king. Additionally, Kenny Anderson. We, we met up with former number two overall pick in the NBA draft, Kenny Anderson, NBA all-star. He was now the head coach at Fisk University in Nashville. Uh, my guy. My guy. Love that He dude. loves If you guys hit him up after next week's episode, tell him you enjoyed it and just say, my guy. He's very active on Instagram. He'll see it. He'll give you a my guy right back. But we talked. It was nice to get the athlete point of view. Yeah. And especially being a retired athlete, I think he had some pris- some throwback prism autos come out, I don't know, three, four years ago. And we just asked, like, the process of, like, just signing stickers all yeah, day. It was interesting. We had him double sign one of his sticker autos already. As typical idiots do. <laughs> <laughs> we're not the brightest guys. But, yeah, Chris Kelsey and Kenny, Kenny Anderson, both of them were in person. Both were awesome. And that's what you have to look forward to next week. If you like the show, please leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to your pods. And you can find us on social media at Big Rip Energy on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you know what? If anyone's still listening and they're hearing this, you leave us a review and like subscribe, whatever, screenshot and tag at, at Big Rip Energy. Either DM it to us, tag us, whatever. Um, I'm going to come up with a pretty solid slab. There we go. It's going to be a PSA 10. It's going to be a PSA. It's not going to be SGC. It will not be an SGC. Love SGC, but it'll be PSA. It doesn't sound like you love SGC. (laughs) We're going to, I'm going to, I'll go look at the stash tonight and I'll come up with a pretty good slab. 
Send us those screenshots. I'm guessing it's going to rhyme with Frollin Frexton. <laughs> I don't give away. I don't give away the Colin Sexton's, but it'll it'll be a good. good maybe we'll even do Mbappe. Oh wow! We'll see. That's we'll, some heat. We'll have a good one, and uh, we'll drop that. And then in the future, we'll give away some Top Shop moments, some more slabs. Some we'll, wax. Uh, we're part of the people. What can we say? What can we say? Yeah. Thanks for listening.